welcome, hello everybody, to Picks and Patter. We are doing something slightly different today. David suggested that we would uh, talk about video games, uh, and uh, as uh, the resident video game person, uh, he drafted me in to host. My name is Kieran. Um, you've heard me on other podcasts, and uh, you'll get to hear my delightful droning on uh, as a host in this one. Today, we're accompanied by uh, Scott, who is uh, rough as a badger's arse. Um, how are you, Scott? <laughs> hey, I woke up about half an hour ago, and I forgot I had this, and it's, uh, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Something I wasn't Scott. quite expecting. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Wing it. No worries. Uh, and and we've got a replacement for Nicky. Nicky is unwell, so we have had to replace him. Um, hoping hoping he's feeling better soon. Uh, Aaron, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's first first ever time doing this, so see how it goes. Hopefully, I don't get you cancelled or something like that. But yeah, we'll uh, I, th- I think we'll be fine. Uh, there's nothing nothing bad has happened with with uh, three men talking on a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, as usual, uh, I'd be remiss if I don't mention that we are sponsored by Comey Paisley. Uh, David has very kindly reminded me uh, prior to this that, <laughs> that he had the Chinese race last night and he said it was brilliant. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's our that's our obligatory sponsor. <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring the pod. Um, yeah, so the game is uh, essentially what we're going to be doing here is David suggested that we cover video games in its 2010s, uh, like the whole decade. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it wasn't a massive decade for gaming. There was massive leaps forward in video games. Uh, there was a ton of excellent games that were announced, and we've essentially had to pick our favourite five, <laughs> which has proven quite difficult. I don't know about you guys. I, I had about 20 uh, in my short list um, and what? probably a conservative 100 in my, in my long list. Um, but did you find this difficult to like delve into... 2010s to 2019 uh, and find five sort of favourite games? I think I think for me it's like I'm quite a, an obsessive gamer so I just go through a game and I'm like right I really want to play this, bash on this so like, I don't think I had probably the same experience as you did with the <laughs> amount of games I played but when I was looking back I was actually quite shocked the amount of games that actually were still in the 2010s because I was going back and I was thinking all oh, the old games I really bashed like years and years ago and I was like, oh my god, that actually was like 2010 or 2011. Um, like for example, L.A. Noir. I, I couldn't believe that that was like a 2000. I think it was 11. I was quite surprised to see that on there. It was uh, yeah. like I was certain that was 28, uh, like 2008 or nine or something. Like that. Yeah, but it was good. It was good to look back actually, but nostalgic. Nice. Uh, yeah. Like. The, there's a big issue as well here like i don't know like what i'm in my 30s um i don't know about you guys um but the, like 2010 to 2019 covers such a shift in sort of like what like what gets you excited in video games like 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 you'd start the decade really into first person shooters and then like graduate to adventure games or indie games as, as the time went on and i found that like i was like I could have picked five first-person shooters and then five adventure games. You know, it was, it was really difficult. Scott, you've you've got the, probably the most crossover in your list with with the stuff that I that I typically enjoyed. Um, was it uh, was it difficult for you to 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 delve into it? Like, obviously, like 
Aaron was saying that he's uh, that he didn't play as many games, but like from your list, uh, I think you've got quite a quite an eclectic mix there. Oh, why? Thank you very much. I it was uh, I was looking at like top one hundred to remind myself of everything that came out, and I couldn't I, like recall the scope of what uh, the changes made like through the game scene, like how we've ended the decade compared to how we started is just insane. I think I'm surprised at how many games I've got that are needing the end of the decade compared to the start. I assume there would be a lot of older games that I was quite nostalgic for, but I think the majority of mine are closer to the end. That has been yeah. it's been great. Like I, I was it was nice just looking back at and getting a bit nostalgic about all these games that I forgot that I played even. It was brilliant. I know I was looking at the top ten grossing games, um, just for like spoilers for later on. Um and I was amazed to see that they weren't all just like big heavy hitters uh, that happened at the end of the decade. Like there was stuff from even twenty ten, like right at the very beginning, still like making it onto that list. But we're not gonna get ahead of ourselves though. Um so what we're gonna do, uh we're gonna pick our top five. Um uh, and and uh, we'll be able to see how they stack up to uh, the top ten grossing and uh, and the award winning games uh, as uh, as we get into the, the podcast later. Um, so alphabetically, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop by stop by yourself, uh, uh, Aaron. Um, uh, what's Thanks. your what's your fifth one? Say like what what would be the fifth, fifth one? one? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of I had to like balance out my, my decisions because I was like top heavy on Battle Royales because <laughs> I just love them so I had to like really narrow down so the first maybe that the last one I'd say is probably Destiny um, yes. I hadn't put that in my list initially I don't think but uh, or did I? Um, but I had to just bring it up because I think in that moment I was absolutely obsessed I was hooked on it um, but I think there was at the start there was a few server issues. There was a lot of um, people getting knocked off the game, like a yeah. lot of things happening that that kind of affected the online, um, and that kind of threw me off a little bit. And then I think I I swayed away from that at some point. I can't remember when, but um, I do remember in that moment being absolutely obsessed with it. I was I was pretty heartbroken when the servers kept having the issues and stuff, and I had to move on. But um, I wanted to bring that up just because, yeah, it, it was. A lot of nostalgia for me. Um, probably the fourth. Uh, it's a toss-up between Warzone and Apex Legends. Uh, I didn't put them in the top three because they're both battle royals, and I've already got one of them in the top three. But um, well, battle Warzone royals like were they were such a big uh, addition to the decade. Like that's one of the big shifts. Oh, yeah. Like there was a lot of multiplayer games that switched from sort of team-based battles to battle royales and it became such a it permeated even like real world things outside of uh outside of the the video game sphere like obviously there was loads that were uh coming in and then imitated as a result um yeah. but yeah it's it's completely fine putting them on there i think it's just it's just uh i don't know what it was like i remember like i was right into watching h1z1 content i i never mm. i've never been a pc gamer so i'd always like watched this content and been like obsessed with it and wanting to play it and never had the opportunity and then I think PUBG was maybe yeah. like one of the first ones that were coming to Xbox. Um and then Yeah, that was the the first big battle royale game that, that sort of 
entered into the public sphere, I think, and then it was like loads of imitations. Yeah. But um, I think the imitations got it right yeah, a lot oh, better, to be honest. Um, yeah. I feel like so PUBG that, never really fit, felt finished, though, did it? It always felt like it was like yeah, it kinda, in a better stage did. or something had to be done. It did feel like a okay. test build uh, all the time. It, it was a little bit of jank uh, to to how it controlled. Yep. I think um, so. Yeah, it's. I think with other uh, battle royale games that have uh, that have come in since, uh, like we'll obviously get to shortly. Looking at your list, uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the 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 like Cover they've done it. They've done it a little better um, and uh, a little bit more accessible for for sort of common players because. You mentioned something there that was uh, it was quite interesting. You'd never really been a PC gamer, and neither have I. Um, Scott, I don't know if you, are you a predominantly a console player yourself. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, PCs just a step too far for me in terms of like constantly having to update it with yeah. every game that comes yeah. out. It just seems like a hassle, really. Same. I think that's something that we need to sort of preface our list with, to be honest, to say, like, just yeah. in case there's PC hardcore gamers out there thinking, why haven't they got this on the list that runs great? And, like, <laughs> we're predominantly coming from a console-based, uh, like, we've got a bias to consoles here. Um, and that's that's the official line of Picks and Power. I'm now saying it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Destiny is such a good pick for your fifth one, because it's, it's essentially, like, it was that company's first one after they'd done all those Halo games. Uh, yeah. And, 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 like, they were... A lot to live up to. Yeah, there was loads to live up to there. And, and, and like, recently, like, I'd read that they were... Uh, they, they'd, like, done their own sort of declaration of independence because they were so happy to get away from Microsoft as a big publisher. <laughs> and then they had this somewhat, like, shaky development afterwards and then loads of people left. And people that didn't even sign the declaration uh, that they did like weren't even part of the, mm -hmm. the the initial launch so it like it definitely did have a shaky start and i i was one of the players that played it as well um so seeing it on a list is is quite exciting um oh, it's so good it was so it's so much fun the multiplayer was great and it, it's like destiny's like an interesting one because it, it plays like the, the single player campaign part of it plays like mm -hmm. an mmo like an online yeah online game like where people can help each other with missions and stuff but it, it's at its really core it's still a it's still a shooter you know um yeah so really exciting to see it on the list um uh, we'll just stick with you then we'll, we'll, we'll stick with you for your we list oh, i'm sorry uh, we're going to be delayed to getting to your, <laughs> getting to your list, but, um yeah what's what's next on your list now scott yeah we can iron brew sort your hangover out and we can yeah. <laughs> yeah, take a lap. <laughs> You're gonna give you a run up. Um so next was gonna be Warzone purely for the lockdown vibes like uh COVID, just chilling with your mates, like not having to worry about anything. That's all I think about with that game. I had I think actually like surprisingly when I look back, I think I had the most game time, like mm -hmm. games played uh, sorry, game played time uh on Warzone like of all, all games ever I've ever played. I think that was purely because obviously over lockdown you had much a lot of time and you're up with your mates constantly just bashing it. So um that's why I've added that to the list. It's not I mean, I wouldn't say it was one of the best games of the twenty tens in terms of the actual game itself, but yeah. I just loved it. Doesn't have uh, to be I loved it. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it came with. at the right time. Yeah. Absolutely. Came at the right time with whatever that happened and stuff, I think it just it blew up. Um fourth no, sorry, third. Wait, what am I on? Fifth, fourth, uh, third. 
would be if I haven't ever said two. Two. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I actually have destiny in Warzone. My accident. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Apex Legends can go in the same bracket as Warzone purely because it's the, the game that I'm currently just the most passionate about. Uh, watching a lot of content for it. It's just like it's a bit different to the other battle royales in a sense that it's I feel as if it's a lot more fast paced, like which is also it's major yeah. flaw actually. It's like third party central. Like you, you can't have a fight without someone else coming to third party at some point. Um Apex which is I think so it is good. one of its flaws. That one was one. You, that was the people that played uh, that that made Titanfall, wasn't it? They like they made their yeah, own yeah. battle royale. That game is so much oh, fun. It's so much fun. I I got into it like initially like way way back, but then um, I mean spoiler, my my third one's going to be Fortnite. But um, <laughs> when I I went to Fortnite, uh, I I, I kind of went away from Apex for a bit, and then I come back when I went away from Fortnite. But um, I just love how like. The game is not like Warzone, where if you mess up, you're pretty much dead. Like if you're in open or whatever, you you're just dead because mm-hmm. there's no there's no abilities. You know, there's no there's no way to really get out of that. Um, but with Apex, if you, uh, your abilities, you've got a lot of different um, like skill sets you can call upon if if you're if you're mid fight to kind of help you reset. And I think like it kind of increases the skill gap slightly, which makes it a lot bit more fun. You can kind of grind it and you can yeah try and get better. Um, it's kind of a bit similar to like some other games like like Overwatch and stuff in the sense that you can you don't have to like you can't really go one on one and fight a team like you have to you can't you're not you're not going to one v three a team in the Apex pretty much unless you get really lucky. So I think it kind of calls in teamwork and a lot of good comms and um I think I've just had a lot of fun grinding the ranked mode in that actually like um try to get the masters and just yeah I don't know I, I don't know what it is about like. The simplicity of like just grinding up a rank and yeah. trying to trying to get to like a higher level and play against better players and yeah, you just lose hours to it. Like it, like they just oh, yeah. like the day just flies by uh, if you're just sitting grinding. I'm currently um, really into Street Fighter Six just now and I'm grinding that to try <laughs> and get to a higher rank. And it is like when David asked me how my Saturday went, I just didn't want to mention that I'd spent six hours <laughs> playing Street Fighter Six. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, uneventful, sure, yeah. Um, so you've got Destiny, Warzone, Apex Legends. Apex, like, they're in the same bracket, yeah. Warzone nice. and Apex will be the same bracket. Uh, also, just, just a, a side mention of like the esports scene in like, Apex, yeah. I think it's really, really good. I'm really loving watching that. Like Every every weekend with the ALGS was on, like, I was, I, it was, like, an eight-hour stream, so I would take, like, a, an hour of my lunch at work for the remaining, for the next week, and, like, watch, like, an hour every every day of my <laughs> lunch so to catch up, because I just, I couldn't bring myself to stay up till, like, three, four in the morning to watch it on, like, a work night. I'm just not yeah. capable. I'm a, I'm a bed for nine o'clock kind of guy, so. Um, yeah, so that, that's, like, as well, outside the top three. Like, yeah. to clarify, the, like, the esports is essentially just, like, live streaming like live streams of video games by competitive players uh who are yeah. playing essentially for a prize um but yeah. it's graduated from like bedrooms to stadiums now uh, for a lot of these things uh like yeah. bedrooms to arenas um and esports has just like exploded uh, over the last decade um which is Amazing. so exciting uh as as players um and that that competitive 
uh, like grinding up ranks gives you like a taste of that and then when you encounter people who are like mad good at the game you just get humbled immediately <laughs> um, oh yeah so yeah uh, it's it's definitely worth mentioning esports there because it's um it's it's just been huge over that last decade there and uh, like i think the Fortnite like grand prize was like a couple million dollars uh like, Three million, like yeah life life changing money and like there's just insane amounts of money that are going into to esports now um even in japan like japan had rules against actual prize money but capcom are now giving out two million uh dollars worth of prizes for capcom cup uh, in the coming year um so it's it's changing just the landscape of how games work uh, internationally as well um so like, i think that's actually like sorry anyway. no i was just going to say like so warzone apex that'll be your sort of joint fourth essentially yeah cool yeah, yeah. um and then i kind of i think like the esports scene kind of lends to why i like my next two like the, the top the third and the second mm-hmm. um because of that the the esports scene and the the competitive side of things and it's so the third one's fortnite and the second's overwatch nice. um i think they both have some pretty both i think fortnite did when i was when i was involved in it um like watching a lot of the the opportunities that a lot of people had, like just small players that are from from pretty much nowhere, no streaming backgrounds or anything, and they had this chance to qualify for the World Cup. As you mentioned, yeah. it was for three million dollars. So I think that was like one of the biggest prize pools. Like in, in a while. I don't know. I'm I'm sure there was a big thing about it at the time, about how how big that, that prize pool was. And it, it's I think a kid, what was his name, Booga? Mm-hmm. He was like a sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old that won it, and like his whole life just changed. You know, like, I imagine going from like being just a guy playing a game, and then you get the opportunity to qualify for like the World Cup, and then you win it. You know, it's like it's not <laughs> just like, the big players that have to get sponsors and all that stuff to to make it. You had everyone had the same chance to yeah. qualify for this World Cup, and I think it was life changing. That's I think me and David uh, actually had a big debate about this in work once. Um, went on for a good solid hour uh I, I was just we were debating about how i think fortnite kind of changed the landscape of gaming and brought to the forefront like video games to like the world in a sense that yeah. like ninja i mean i don't i'm not a fan of the guy personally but um he was on like late night us chat shows and stuff yeah. you know like i remember that it's, it's absolutely mind-blowing like how like, a streamer streaming fortnite is on like a late night chat show that someone like i don't know Idris Elba is on you know it's just it's just the, like that's kind of a weird crossover. the effect that it had over the like it, it just permeated real culture like around the world like yeah. the, like news news were picking up you've seen it even recently with that kid that destroyed tetris like he got tetris. to the tetris hell screen <laughs> and now he's appearing on the news and all that like like it's just mental so like the, the cool thing about fortnite and like overwatch and i suppose apex as well that like there's a really low barrier to entry for these games like these mm-hmm. games like you can lit- literally pick up on most machines like you're like yep. you can play most of these on switch on playstation or xbox or pc or even like with fortnite you can play on a mobile phone i think um so like anybody can literally pick up these games uh, at any time with no cost and play like against these players all around the world uh, and i think that's really important that's been really important for online games mm-hmm. like david like showed me that one of the one of the listeners said fortnite and he was like no i 
I don't think so. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> like you can't oh, no. you can't discredit <laughs> its uh, you can't discredit <laughs> its like impact uh, on on gaming culture. Like it's even like oh, bringing so... new players into old franchises with like oh, yeah. with with like guest characters appearing in it. You know. Well, that's actually like a little secret. I was actually me voted that on his <laughs> thing because it was before I knew I was doing this. Nice. Uh, I, I'd already made the then then we got into debate about Fortnite again, and he was like, "Do I just do the podcast?" And I was like, "Sure, yeah, let's do it." Nice. Um, but I was just like, for for me, Fortnite like the style, that the way that the building aspect of it, I thought was amazing. Like I really really enjoyed like grinding and practicing my nineties and the creative modes, trying to like get better and. Uh, Obviously, like there's a whole argument about like the capitalist nature of it all with the like mm-hmm. the dances and the skins and the like it was it was like taking dances from like creators online and stuff like that and like that's a whole another side of things. But in terms of just purely the gaming side of things, like I thought it was yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. I really really enjoyed it. Just but to I clarify, thought, for, I, I, like yeah. to clarify for like non-players uh, that that oh. might be listening, like Fortnite. Uh, like has the ability, like your character has the ability to do these sort of pre-programmed dances that will, uh, like they're, they're like emotes within the game, uh, and they were taking mm-hmm. like, like they were copying uh, online creators' dances without crediting them, um, so yep. it did become a bit of a, a sort of business snafu, um, along with their sort of microtransactions that were happening at the same time. Um, it, it did paint it in a good light, but it doesn't take away from the the sheer accessibility and fun of the actual game itself. Some of the stuff aren't even like needed to win the game. They're just cosmetic items as well. Um, so there's that like I just had to sort of clarify it. Um, just yeah. to, for people that might not know what's going on. <laughs> just talking about capitalism in that in the middle of our video game podcast. Yeah, capitalism yeah. kills us. Kills us all. <laughs> Then <laughs> uh, the last thing I wanted to mention about Fortnite was the 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 flawless live events they had. Like I don't know if you ever uh, joined one of the, the live events when they were happening. Like completely oh, flawless. Wow. Like was that the the concerts they had in the game? The concerts, but also like when they were changing season, they would have like a, a live event where people would join in, join the game, Aye. join a lobby in the map, and like something like. For example, I think uh, a big robot landed and started fighting everyone and destroyed half the map. And like, <laughs> like you're live watching this like in-game happening and the map completely changes. So you're actually part never, of it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never any hiccups. Never anything. Um, and I, I, I just think it's amazing because then I compare that to like Warzone when Warzone tried it. Uh, they tried that live event where you had to like run to like the bomb in the the center of like stadium or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. uh, to like change the map, and I felt, felt as if there was so many like bugs and things were going wrong, and it felt kind of janky. But like Fortnite, it just it seemed flawless. Like I, I don't know, maybe after this, you should have a wee look. It, it's actually mind blowing the kind of scale that it, it went yeah. to. I do remember seeing some of it. Hiccups. Like it, it's massive, like massive, like online events like that. That um kind of make me miss playing it like I, I was playing Fortnite season one um like when yeah. it was just build get to the thing and survive um that was <laughs> it um and then like I looked away for like maybe 10 minutes uh, <laughs> and it just became this multi uh multi IP uh huge event game um but yeah Thank Fortnite you. like massive massive impact on gaming I think uh just the landscape yeah. changed after that um so Destiny, Warzone slash Apex, Fortnite, 
you said Overwatch as well. Uh, as yes, well. that's right. my next one. Um, this could this could be tied with number one. To be fair, these are this could be interchangeable. But um, Overwatch, just unbelievable game. Like twenty sixteen, I think when it came out, um, or twenty fifteen, r- roughly about then. Anyway, I was 15, just I was yeah. hooked, man. I was um, the team chemistry. Like, the fact that you have to like it's one of the first games I played properly where you could just have one really good player on your team and they would just carry you to the end. It was like yeah. you had to work in your composition. You had to have like I think what the, the original kind of way of working was like two two DPS, two healers, two uh tanks or support. Yeah. Um so it was kinda like I liked that aspect, the fact that I couldn't just join and and one guy in our team would just destroy you. It, it was a, a full a full thing. And um I had a few mates that played it as well which helped. I think it would have been a bit harder if I was just going solo but um I was just so good, man. I don't know. I think you'd mentioned to me before we recorded this that you'd you'd played a yeah. bit of Overwatch as well. I'd played a lot of Overwatch. It's like on <laughs> PlayStation alone, like it made up like I played about maybe six hundred hours of Overwatch, um, and that's with just being on like like twenty sixteen and then most recently, um, mm-hmm. like there was a massive gap of like a bunch of years, like four or five years, and I still managed to get like six hundred hours on each side. Um, and it, like Overwatch is a, a team shooter, um, where like a, a team it used to be six players, um, and you picked from these this roster of heroes, uh, like you mentioned, a healer, DPS, like a damage percent character, tanks, and and all kinds of things, um, and. It was the heroes that made Overwatch great, I think, um, because it wasn't just faceless soldier. It was here's a badass samurai robot. Here is a, a great time <laughs> a time traveling like shooter. Here's an ape and a spacesuit. Like there's there's yeah, he's a wee amazing, guy that yeah. you know. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, there was loads of great great characters uh, that were that were involved in it and I think that was that was key to its success um, and it's like even when it changed to Overwatch 2 which is now a free to play version it's mm-hmm. 5v5 um, so again you can play it anywhere um, it's it it's evolved uh, in a way that you have to think about your character choice a wee bit more um, just because you've got one less player in your team um, but it does open up new choices um, a bad Overwatch player. Like, not that I'm bad at the game. I'm <laughs> bad that I will only select my favourite guy, no matter what. <laughs> and oh, you're one of those. <laughs> because I'm like, hey, I've worked all night. I'm not here <laughs> to do a shift. I'm here to enjoy <laughs> shooting arrows at people. Uh, and I'm I'm a Hanzo player. I'm one of those terrible, ah, terrible nice. people. Um, and yeah, it's yeah. hard message that someone chooses a Hanzo. You're like, they're either going to be like the best Hanzo you've ever seen. Or like yeah. the worst in the miss every shot, but they're gonna do it anyway. It's hit or miss even game to game as well. Like you could have a you could play a blinder for three games and then you can be terrible for three games. Um it just <laughs> depends on who you're playing against and, and what the, the map looks like. Um so big fan of Overwatch, glad that's in there. Um and you said that it could tie up to your, your number one. What's your what's your number one? Because you've you sent me a different uh, so, <laughs> Yeah, no, I know I, I thought about it after that and I was like, you know, this is a bit different. Um I was going to go with Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Um, oh. I thought I'd have to throw a game in there that's not purely online. Um, because, to be, to be fair, like one of the, the main reasons I like this game is also because there is multiplayer in it, but we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I just thought, like, nostalgia-wise, like, it was one of the... Assassin's Creed as a franchise was, like, 
I was unbelievably excited for that when I first ever heard about. I think the first trailer came out like way back early before two thousand tens, and it was um, like for the first game, and it was like completely unique. And I remember waiting years for it to actually come out eventually. Um, and I remember opening it at Christmas morning and like <laughs> been obsessed with how how cool like the, the concept of the game was. Like you're an assassin, you're like parkouring through the streets like of this like ancient town. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then I think for me, Brotherhood was the best one that I played. Yeah. Um, I did kind of tail off towards the end of the franchise. I stopped playing it. Um, but for me, like the Ezio storyline, I think it was a trilogy he had, wasn't it? Um, Assassin's oh, yeah. Creed 2, then uh, Brotherhood, and then was it was it Revelations next, I think? Um, I think his character was amazing. I think he's one of my favourite characters of any game I've ever played. So uh, I think like seeing... I think Assassin's Creed 2, he was like the start of his journey and you see him kind of as a kind of mature young young guy and then this Brotherhood, this one here, he's like at his peak, he's like the best, I think he's like the top assassin and um, you just kind of get to see him in like a really cool light and the story is amazing and really fun. Obviously, it's a bit, uh, the bad guy's like kind of theatre bad guy, like very, very obvious bad guy, like not yeah. most unique character in the world, but I think it was quite fun. Um, I love like the parkour and the city of Rome, like the freedom of it all. Uh, the music was amazing. Like I don't know, are we allowed to do spoilers in this? Talk about the yeah. story. About the yeah, yeah. Let's okay. let's do it. Uh, like Assassin's Creed's been out for <laughs> so many years. Um, Fourteen years, yes, one. So yeah. yeah, if anyone's not played it yet, then it's their fault. <laughs> uh, so at the, at the very end, where like the, the main character Desmond, when he's being controlled and he ends up killing the person he's like, I don't know if he's in love with, but he's like one of his good friends. He like kills her because he's been controlled and then the game just ends. Like there's no explanation. There's no like follow up to that. The game just yeah. ends with him killing like his friend against his will. And I remember in that moment, I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just sitting in my room like, what the fuck have I just seen? Like, I can't believe I've just, I've just seen that. So, like the story was really fun to play. I really loved the playthrough of that the combat, like uh, the, the just counter kill. It's very simple. Like you could take down like, a massive group of like the Templars very easily. Um, and it was just like really fun to do. Like the the, the kind of animation of the the kills were so fun. Like I'm not really a a patient guy when it comes to games, so I don't <laughs> I don't play like a lot of story games. I don't really have the patience for learning attack patterns and all that sort of stuff. I just like yeah. win play have a bit of fun and i think that this is one of the, the best games for it and um, that kind of capture that as well that sense of freedom that you could literally do any you, like you do these kills really you can approach them in any way um it's kind of like yep. the, the new hitman games in that way like you can you can do it how you how you want um but yeah that's like Ezio is is massive like i think even non like some non-gamers kind of know Ezio auditories like like what game he's attached to uh i think yeah. he's not he's not up there with like a like a joel uh uh or yeah. or, or like kratos or anything but like he's still quite an iconic character i think um that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a, such a good pick that's a that's, wait, that assassin's creed 2 specifically no brotherhood brotherhood one so after to oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the second one the wee trilogy um and it's to be shout out to the multiplayer and i think that was the first multiplayer first um assassin's creed that had a multiplayer and it was pretty unique like you just had to you, you had there was a group of players and you were in like a 
a lobby full of NPCs with the same kind of skins or character modes as you uh, or other players and then you had to try and assassinate people and you were also being assassinated and it was just quite mm. unique and I loved it, yeah. So I think that would be my number one. Thanks, Aaron. That's, that's sweet. You snuck in a six, but we'll forgive it. Um, <laughs> so Aaron's list, Destiny, Warzone slash Apex Legends, um, Fortnite, Overwatch, and Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Highly recommend all of them. Uh, like definitely, if you're getting new into gaming, definitely, definitely um, dip a toe. Uh, <laughs> but Scott, how are you feeling? How you, how's the hangover? I'm freshened up, mate. Freshened well, my up. voice doesn't sound like it, but I have. <laughs> so right. coming over to you, you've got some, you've got some like Aaron's list was a lot of shooters, uh, uh, like uh, team-based uh, shooters, but yours uh, take a slightly different turn. You've got some some single-player campaign shooters in here as well. Yeah, I'd say that's the main difference. I think like what you're talking about earlier, like as you're getting older, your taste kind of changes for gaming as well. And for me, uh, I started out playing a lot of like multiplayer. I enjoyed that, but. As times went on, I've just started getting into campaigns more, more and more. So that's kind of what my list is. Uh, I've not got any particular order to this. That's right. Right. We'll start off Gears 5. I don't know why it's called Gears instead of Gears of War. But (laughs) you played this game. That's the one that's got like the semi-open world in it, isn't it? Like you have to move around the, the map on a like snow sled or something. Yeah, and it's similar to God of War, War in that way where it's like kind of wee hub worlds almost. Yeah. And see, I've got a bit of a gripe. I loved Assassin's Creed back in the day, but it was open world and I'm fucking sick of walking and running on <laughs> horseback everywhere as well. So, like, there was a point where Ghost of Tsushima came out uh, and I was like, I've heard everything about it, so it's going to be great. I can't wait for a single player experience. Played the first bit, this is good. Here's your horse. I want you to go a kilometre and a half on horseback. And I was just like, no. Can't I, do that? <laughs> I didn't play it for years. And I just finished it uh, like literally a few weeks ago. And that was great. But it's not my list. Gears 5, if you hadn't played this and you like single player games, it's fucking fantastic, man. I feel like Gears of War is a weird franchise. Like that Xbox did really well in the, the 2000s um, in terms of like exclusives and stuff like that. And I felt like that's a console you wanted to have. Um, and then it took a bit of a dip because it finished the trilogy and came out with a wee another offshoot called oh, yeah. Judgment or something. Judge, judgment, yeah. There was oh, like an extra classic. like it was a, like a spin off with one of the characters. I think they tried. To yeah, uh, the blonde guy with the golden yeah. beard. Beard, yeah, the, the <laughs> least favorite one. I know. <laughs> anyway, uh, I played that for the train wreck it was, and I was like, what have they done? And then he rebooted it with Gears of War 4, which was okay, but new characters meld them with old ones, so it's difficult. And then Gears 5, everything just comes together. And I, I played it, the start of it again the other day, and it's it's stunning. Like, I feel like this is a game that's going to go right under the radar for most people because it is, like, the franchise was peaked in the kind of 2000s, yeah. and then it's an Xbox exclusive, and I feel like no one's getting Xbox these days. Yeah, I've not so, got one. <laughs> yeah, I, I still exactly. want to play it. It's, it's the inferior console, but it is so good, and it's gotten that this has just gone under the radar for a lot of people who probably enjoy like single-player games and stuff. It's got some of the best like gaming memories for me recently. If you play co-op campaign as well, mm-hmm. it's like they've scripted different paths and different levels. Like oh. they, did, they did it a wee bit in 
the original trilogy. So like player one will go at the start, I'll just give for an example, you're getting flown in on these helicopters and one of your you're on different helicopters, one of them goes down somewhere in the city and you need to like work your way as player two towards player one to rescue them kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not just like playing shoulder to shoulder with a a lot of other co op campaign things. So I loved that. Loved all the detail and um it's got a really good ending as well. So I don't want to spoil it if anyone decides to go and play it. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, I have gone multiplayer for number four. So I've got Call of Duty 2019 and it ties into Warzone, obviously. Um, oh, yeah, because they were few... tandem releases. Weren't they? Like yeah. Warzone was the well, Battle Royale that was attached to called, uh, like Modern Warfare 2019. Um, I don't know how much Call of Duty you, you guys played. Um, I used to I, be addicted to it. Like so back in the 2000s. It was yeah. unreal. Yeah, when did you fall off? Uh, I fell off around uh, Black Ops after, it, it was Ghosts was the one that I fell off. Uh, and then everything <laughs> after that just just uh, mailed it together for me. It, like Ghosts was the last Ghost? one that, yeah, Ghosts was the last one yeah, I bought. Same like on release and then after that like yeah. I, like it it just coincided with the way that life went like like we stopped playing multiplayer games uh, mm-hmm. and then started getting into single player narrative campaigns uh, after that um but everything else after that just like melds together for me um so yeah. I, I, I can't pinpoint it all until like modern warfare 2 because that's what came with my PS5, um, so <laughs> that's where that's where I'm now sort of stuck between two worlds with COD. Um, but you're well, going to the 2019 is... one. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Uh, I I think um, I fell off around about Modern Warfare 3, the original, is and right? um, like I just left the franchise pretty much, and it was like a huge part of the games that I played growing up as well, and I I don't think. I think it's well. I think at the time it got a lot of recognition for revitalizing the franchise, the 2019 Modern Warfare. But like, I think it's kind of slept on now in a weird way. Um, I would have never came back to COD if it wasn't for that game, and then uh, Warzone, and that obviously like laid the groundwork for Warzone as well with the, the mechanics and the engine that it had, and then um, just like everything about it. Good camp. It's a, actually. A, a rare thing, I think, in terms of the all-round package being really good. We've got yeah. a really good campaign. Um, the Spec Ops mode wasn't great, but they did fix it to a point where it was good. The multiplayer was brilliant. Some of the best multiplayer I've played like, in a first-person yeah. in a while. Best in uh, class, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of it. It's a lot of fun. And and then Warzone as well. Like It's just a great package for a game. Mm. Um, so both of you have mentioned Warzone there. Like both of you have put Warzone in it, and now I feel left out. <laughs> I stuck it in there as a secret. Yeah. How can you not? But like, I think for a lot of people, that's just um, it's just going to be burnt into their memories forever. That COVID lockdown Warzone time, like that's yeah. all me and my pals did, and it, it was great. Uh, but we'll move on. Rapid. What have I got for three? Mass Effect Two, an insane right. trilogy. I, I, mate, even the third one, I loved it right until that fucking weird wee ghost boy showed up. Yeah, even <laughs> the, the director's cut came out as well, like, and it, it kind of salvaged the, the third one. So I played through them in that legendary edition uh, last year. Oh, right. And it's like there's a director's cut that get like it's he's still there, 
but the ending has extra stuff tacked on at the end, uh, like extra, like showing you that some of your choices did actually matter, you know. Um, uh, apart from a different but, colour at the end of your screen. Or <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but Mass Effect 2 is a bit uh, a huge one because, uh, yeah, that, that changed the way Mass Effect looked, essentially, because it was before it was like an, a, a space-faring shooter RPG that everything was far away you had to go to certain planets at certain times uh it was it was great but it wasn't what it was but i think mass effect 2 made it what it was after that yeah um so that's such a good choice it feels a wee bit more accessible um yeah. i think even like the combat in mass effect 1 was just it felt you were, you were suffering through it to get just to the next bit. times yeah yeah it was it was brutal and as a wee guy i just when it first came out i couldn't i couldn't cope with it it's one i had to like Played Mass Effect 2 and then forced myself to go back because you've got the the saves that port from game to game, which yeah. is that, that blew my mind. A common thing, yeah, it blew my it mind. But then, like, your, your character that you create in Mass Effect 1 can carry over to Mass Effect 2 and then 3. Uh, and so choices that you made in Mass Effect 1 can affect Mass Effect 3 uh, and characters that you might encounter, um, which is it's still insane to me. Like, I still love it, yeah. I think that's something like in PC games isn't new, but for yeah. console it's it's not something you come across a lot, and it adds so much replay value. Like I've played that series an embarrassing amount just to <laughs> like just to see what the dialogue changes to the next time I say something stupid or hit a guy yeah. or that, and I wasn't meant to. There's like, social mechanics so as well. Good. Like you you can like form relationships with these characters as you go along, and like there's romanceable options. Obviously, that's not new now. Like Baldur's Gate is huge right now. Uh, yeah. and a lot of people are like romancing their favorite characters but mass effect felt like the one that you did at first and you can have like your space boyfriend or space girlfriend <laughs> and just yeah, like you're, you're building a whole team as well like yeah it's 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 such a good premise and a great universe and it's that's kind of sadly fell off the rails as well but Aye. like for what it is mass effect 2 is just it it felt like the peak out of the trilogy as well. Chef's kiss, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was uh, fantastic. I'm glad somebody mentioned it. I was going to put it on mine, but when I saw you had it, uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, sticking with the sci-fi theme, Halo Reach. Nice. Another like all-round fantastic package of a game. The campaign is, I think, the best Halo campaign. I don't know. Apart, I don't know if you guys played Halo. Yeah. But I think yeah. Halo Reach is controversial for some reason. It like splits opinion, and I feel yeah. like it's Bungie's like it's his best product. Do you know why it was? It was like like Bungie like they they were contracted to make Halo games, um, but like I mentioned earlier on, that they'd split off and became independent. Yeah. When they became independent, they were still contracted to two Halo games, um, and as a result of it, we got. Halo Reach and ODST, ODST, yeah, uh, and those games feel like to the Bungie f- loyal fans feel a wee bit lesser as a result because there was a team that were working on Destiny at the time. The core Bungie team were working on Destiny, and right. people that were like, like sticking to an a, a a contract obligation by making Halo Reach, and I think for some people it showed, but. I, I agree with you. Halo Reach is actually my favourite Halo. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know where, where all that came that's from. That's interesting because I could see how um, ODST feels tacked on because yeah. it, 
it's walking a weird line between they've they've added enough content where it's not quite a DLC. Yeah. And I like I'm I'm happy that I paid for that game. I thought it was great, but it is using the exact same engine as Halo Three, and it it's it's just yeah it's just building it off same, of that ground. Yeah. It does feel the same. Um, so I could understand why people might be upset with that, even though I think it's a good experience in its own right. But Halo Reach, like, it it, it felt like at the end, there's a, a, when the credits roll, there's that whole love letter from Bungie, like, thanks yeah. for playing our series and everything like that. And it felt that way. It felt like a culmination of... I, I, there's no way I would be able to tell they pulled staff off to work on Destiny playing yeah. through that game. Like, the campaign is phenomenal. It's flawless, yeah. I think. I love the campaign. So it neat. made me cry when I was playing it. Like, like I was <laughs> not ashamed to admit. Like, I was still staying at home as well, and I went downstairs, and my mum was like, did a video game make you cry again? I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's so atmospheric. You get, like, so swept up in it, even it's though you so know what's going to happen, because it's a prequel game. And I don't know yeah. if that, like, people don't always gel with prequels, and fair enough, but I and, and they say maybe it's the Rogue One thing of, like, we all know these characters are going to die and we're yeah. not getting enough time with them, but... And it made I, I you like those had. characters. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a character that died so suddenly that that's the one that got me. I was like, oh my God, that was out of nowhere. Like, it was... Oh, the uh, other one. The one in the middle, <laughs> like, like, there was a sniper from a, a ship really high um, yeah. and one of the characters gets nailed suddenly mid-sentence and it, <laughs> like, I, I was uh, so attached <laughs> to these characters that I was like, ah! And I was like, actually grieving uh, uh like mentioning it to my pal i was like you have to play the halo campaign i need to talk to you about something <laughs> <laughs> tears running in your face <laughs> what's wrong what's wrong just, just play, play it just play it <laughs> um yeah I, well that's the other thing i mean there's like how many characters is it six five or six yeah you're no six. six yeah so you are every one of those deaths feel unique and impactful yeah. and there's got to be something said for that for like the time that you're getting to be with them for like it's it's a phenomenal campaign it's a different level of atmosphere compared to the other halos like i, I can't say enough good about it and then that you've got the multiplayer and you've got forge as well which has just been taken to a different level as well another like phenomenal package of a game like, yeah love it um and then for my my top one i've got god of war which seems a bit like well yeah but when you go through like the list like I was thinking, God of War will easily be my first one, but mm-hmm. all the games that came out, like there, there is actually a fair amount of competition for it. But yeah. still, um, this is just peak single-player campaign. The writing, like the moments in the story, I'm going through YouTube, like looking for other people's reactions on it, so I can see <laughs> what people are like thinking of the story. It's it's so good, so many big hard-hitting moments, and I didn't even play the God of War trilogy. Me um, either. It's like before uh, my, my time really, but yeah. uh, it's um I, it made me like watch videos on the fucking lore of God of War and stuff so that yeah. I could get these wee moments that are going through the plots and everything. And then like when Athena shows up, I'm, I'm like, oh my God. It's, it's just, yeah, it gets the blades out from, there's so many moments where it, it just, it gets you hyped and you the whole no cutting for, for um in terms of like cutscenes and stuff, everything's seamless, and it yeah. really just helps sell you on being in this universe. Very and atmospheric that way, like it, yeah, man. No, there's no disconnect. You don't, you barely see any loading screens. They hide all their loading screens behind like 
transitions into like when you're going through those um the tight spaces that, to get into that. caves they've had their hiding <laughs> loading on both sides of that that's um, very well done mm. yeah it's so good such a good thing like god of war like for for listeners like there was a trilogy of like games of god of war and it was like this hack and slash violent thing and then they re like rebooted it almost it was like a soft reboot they put the character in a different era a different uh pantheon of gods around them uh and made it this emotional harrowing experience of a father and son coming to terms with like the death of the mother that happened prior to the game and it's it's so poignant all the way through it's still got the violence and the action and the fighting of other gods and fighting like low-tier enemies and all that but the the story is just so top tier that yeah like it, people it sticks it's stuck with people all the way through it's so good it's phenomenal like the character development throughout it as well and this is why i'm buying more and more into campaigns and storytelling like mm. i feel like this is something i kind of experience god of war is an experience that wouldn't translate to tv in the same way it does if you spend the eight hours or whatever it is like playing through every moment with it i like absolutely it's it's an experience that I feel is unique to gaming and people out that don't play games will miss out on something that's just a, like a great piece of work uh, it's amazing so good, so you've got uh, Call of Duty 2019 which I think was the Modern Warfare reboot yep. um, Gears 5, Mass Effect 2 God of War and Halo Reach see both yes. of these have come in with like with really great shooters but from different perspectives like you've got campaign based shooters like single player like campaign based shooters and Aaron has these uh, team multiplayer shooters as well but like even there like it shows that there's such a a, a difference and and uh, uh, the shooters isn't just one catch-all term like you've got these different divergent paths which is yeah so interesting to me it's impressive like yeah just coming from Doom, and then the scope of the games that you've come out with, it's, uh, it's very yeah. impressive. So I'm going to quickly run through mine, um, because nobody wants to hear me droning on a bit more, but I'd be remiss if I don't mention uh, our other sort of consoles. Like, I, I got really into uh, Super Mario Odyssey on the Switch. Um, it was the reason I bought a Switch. I was studying at uni, uh, and I was going to the library. I met my mum for lunch, and I was going to the library, but game was on the way, and I bought a Switch <laughs> on, <laughs> on the way to the library. And then I still went to the library and studied uh, with this Switch in my bag with Super Mario Odyssey. Um, and like for three hours, it was just sitting at my feet. Um, but Mario Odyssey is great. It's a 3D Mario game. It's perfect uh, in every way, of course, because like Nintendo gives these games their time like there's there's no other publisher that they have to sort of adhere to a schedule like they release it when they want to release it and it's right. just basically one new mechanic your hat is p- essentially possessed by this cat capture thing like you you can throw your hat at enemies and you gain their abilities you you possess them and become their like you can gain their like if, if one jumps high you capture it and you, you can jump high as a result and it's <laughs> classic classic story you have to like get princess peach from bowser he wants to marry her um against her will uh classic story <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so that, that's all it is like i can't sell it any more than that if you're into mario you'll love it if you're not into mario it, it'll be boring but it's one of my favorites um from the decade um also we 
have uh, kind of left out a, a realm of games. Like there's tons of amazing indie games that came out that uh, that decade, like Cuphead and uh, yeah. and Hollow Knight, and like all these great like new artistic styles and and things like that. But my favourite of them all was Celeste. Did anybody play Celeste? I've never no. Heard of it. No, no, I've not heard of that. You know, I've heard of Colony and Cupcake. Celeste was this uh, 2D puzzle platformer where you play as a character called Madeline and you have to make up a mountain essentially, but you use these extra abilities like so it's a double jump and a, a zip and all that. Um, but it's all about Madeline coming to terms with her own sort of grief and mental health issues as well, uh, and. The game itself has an excellent soundtrack. The art style is gorgeous. It's just pixel art. Um, uh, it sounds amazing. It, it's just it tickles that part of my brain where I have to um, retry something. So you will fail a lot playing Celeste. It will tell you failing is part of it. Like you have to actually fail to to learn the the thing. So if you can't get up a ledge. It won't say, ah, oh, loser. It'll just re-put you back to the start <laughs> of that screen and then you have to just try it again. So it's a constant retrying. And I think that sends a good message. Like it's like there it, it's gating the experience, but it's gating it until you yourself are ready to experience it. And yeah. I, I love that about it. <laughs> um so I highly recommend Celeste. It's always very cheap and you can play it on pretty much anything. Um next up, uh Yakuza. Kiwami um, is a, a game that I love. It's I got into the Yakuza series during the pandemic. I'd never played them before. And it is just basically, Yakuza are just mafia in Japan, essentially. Um, and mm. you play as this one character, Kiryu, uh, and it's all about, like, on the, like, large story is all about him and how he interacts with the Yakuza as the Yakuza in uh, Japan changes and public perception changes and, and the laws change around them as well. Um, and it's a huge, massive story, uh, like really serious story. But the gameplay, <laughs> it covers all that. You have to beat up Yakuza on the streets of Japan. Uh, you've got your boss fights. You've got your like your fetch quests and all that stuff, all in this one area of Japan that they just built up like around, uh, like, across like six games this these particular parts of japan so some of them take place in the same map but from game to game maybe you can enter into this building now and it's got like three different tiers uh, in it and you can go you can go into it and some of it like it'll have an arcade you can play those games in the arcade it'll have like a mahjong parlor you can play mahjong it's all the mini <laughs> games around it you're essentially just walking around japan beating up people on the street when they challenge you and you can play these mini games around it at the same time and like when lockdown like you're stuck in the house you couldn't go anywhere and yakuza was that experience for me like it was it was here here's a say walk around it live in it like here you can make your character eat like go into a restaurant and eat you can make them fight you can make them go to an arcade you can make them do karaoke and you'll see loads of this like loads of these things uh, and like online and like on gifs and gif reactions and they're all yakuza stuff because the gameplay is so wild compared to the whole story that there's a yakuza react to everything <laughs> essentially I, I would i think i've seen this yeah, yeah. I, I would urge I somebody, it, yeah. anybody to go back, like go and play it and 
Yakuza Kiwami specifically because that's the first one rebooted uh, with a new engine and a new battle system and it just feels newer. So they, they re released these two games, Yakuza Kiwami and Kiwami 2, along with Yakuza 0, which was like the same character, but in the 80s, like as he's like a younger a younger member of the, the Mafia. Um, and it is just wild, but like keep in your mind that you are in Japan. It's a different culture. Some things will be different. There'll be different reactions to things. Um, like they're, 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 there's weird, there's weird, weird stuff in this, but there's also a really good story about uh, Kiryu um, that I just love. Like he's, he's, he's masculinity, but in the least toxic way. Um, he's just such a great character. I would, I would definitely recommend anybody play. Can I, um, can I just jump in and say that I've just looked at the achievements for the game when you're talking there, and two of the achievements <laughs> are. Spend a steamy moment with Yui. Spend a steamy <laughs> moment with Rina. Yeah, so, you, you can date these series? two. Yeah, there are some of the games that, um, like, obviously you are in Japan, so there are, like, cafes as well that you can go into, like, made cafes or interact with, uh, essentially, sex workers. Um, in uh, some of this, um, obviously you don't have to do those missions, but there's also dating mechanics uh, with some characters and there are host bars that you can run, um, which are host bars in Japan are where men or women can go to like a male or female host bar and basically spend time with these people as if they're dating them. And it's the oh, weird, but... it's the weirdest thing as a Westerner to look at and go, that's bizarre to me, but it's just so ingrained in their culture that that it's just normal. So it's in the game. So it was just weird to experience a, a new culture, but in a way that was from people who have lived those experiences themselves, um, mm -hmm. like a team of developers that are based in Japan. They live in Japan. It's all Japanese developers, all Japanese voice cast. It's it's just. Like, it's just great to say, here's our love letter to our country, play it. <laughs> and it, like, I thought it was just great to experience in lockdown. Um, but I'm waxing lyrical too much about uh, Yakuza. Um, <laughs> if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. It's, it's bad. I recommend trying it. Um, my last two are very basic compared to those three. Um, my, I love The Witcher 3. That was one of my favorite games and I've played, I've played through it like five times <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed I'm obsessed with the game and I'll make different choices as I go along uh, as well um, and that will impact the story and how it how it uh, how it ends but I got really into the in-universe card game Gwent um, did, did any of you play it? <laughs> um, I, I, I didn't get into it I heard that people just lose their souls to that man so I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm staying away so you have to basically like there's this optional part of the game that you have to uh, collect cards as you're traveling this world and you can challenge certain players certain characters to a game of Gwent to win their card um, and you're it's just a deck builder you're going around collecting cards and playing the game that it's basically top trumps uh, at the end of the day you have to amass a, a like an army of cards to fight someone else's army of cards and it was like you could easily lose four hours to this while you're playing The Witcher, um, and 
like I can't not put it on my list as a result of that. That's just so much playability. <laughs> um, and finally, uh, uh, one of our one of our listeners recommended this, but it's one of my favourites as well. It's The Last of Us. Um, I think I think now it's got its big TV series. Uh, everybody's somewhat aware of what The Last of Us actually is. Um, you could have just referenced it, and people would be like, oh, "I'm not going to. That's a video game. I don't care." But it is such an emotional story. Um, mm-hmm. it, the characters are so complex. Uh, I won't say likable. Um, they're, <laughs> they're they are likable in some senses. Yeah. But yeah. The decisions that they make are complex. You don't have any power over the decisions that they make in in most cases. Um, and I think that's I think that's a good approach to take when you want to tell a certain story. Um, and on the face of it, The Last of Us is just a zombie survival game, a survival horror. You're in a world with these infected people. You are the humans. You have to kill them. But it's more about the interactions with the human characters that I think are, are more important. Like they're, they're, It's got the big set pieces, the big boss fights, but you don't have overpowered weapons. You don't have mm. uh, anything gamey. You've got guns that survived the apocalypse and a small amount of ammo you've got things that you construct like nail bombs and stuff but like it is a survival uh in, in most cases but the story itself the joel and ellie having to travel the like travel across the country to and in in hope that they can get a they can develop a cure um uh, but it takes twists and turns it's just so compelling that I think if someone was just to watch someone's gameplay of it, they could just sit for the whole like the whole time and just absorb it. Like it's just. Such I was about a, to say uh, that. Gameplay. Yeah. That's that's literally how because I I was an Xbox C sixty person, so I didn't have a chance to play it. I literally just watched an entire walkthrough of someone playing it, like from the first minute to the last minute, and I was hooked like a like a movie. So um, and then eventually when I got my PlayStation, I, I played it myself, but. It's um, it's amazing. It's yeah. a really good show. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, but yeah, so oh, that's my before list. Before we move on, oh. sorry, because uh, I know Trav loves a controversial opinion. Oh, I, I think The Last of Us <laughs> was the right choice in terms of what game can we get into a TV show. I think it translates well because yeah. it's an interesting world and it's mainly character driven. But see, if I'm I think it's good to watch as I walk through as well. But see if I'm actually playing it, I feel like it's a bit underwhelming in terms <laughs> of like the gameplay itself yeah. and the uh, the movement of the the constant ladder, like the puzzles, are never great. I think it's got really good highs in it, but overall, yeah. I feel like it's a bit overrated. That's fair. That's fair. There are like there are times that it can get quite tedious. Uh, I think I'm. Um, I'm putting it in my list on its weight as a story um, yeah. more than anything. Because I, I just love a great narrative. Um, but I do see that. like the, the Some of the puzzles are a bit bland uh, at times. Uh, and uh, some of the environments like are just a bit like you, you are in a post-apocalyptic world. Some of them are just going to be grey buildings. Um, so it, there are definite downsides. But like I think if you go into it with your, I don't know, 
good time hat on <laughs> you, you'll you'll uh, you'll probably you'll probably like it I, I think it's a good what i will say though is like obviously as you can tell from our lists we are seasoned gamers um so there are things that are going to be a bit rubbish uh to to us as people who have played a, a vast uh, di- like different mm-hmm. eclectic bunch of games um i think the last of us is a very good gateway game for yeah, people who true. aren't gamers um so i think that's that might have been by design as well i've not read anything that has said that but it could be out there um but i think now with the tv show being out there's going to be a subset of people that are going to be oh that was a game i'll check that out and having these simple mechanics uh in place for to accompany just a great well-written narrative uh, i think mm-hmm. is a good compliment um so I, I will agree with you um but i'll caveat it with that uh the simplicity is good in that sense uh, just to get more people playing it i think what did um, you think of the second one i loved the second one um mostly because again that came out during lockdown uh and i was like oh yes the outside i can play and pretend i'm in the outside <laughs> oh shit there's zombies in the outside um but i i thought it was good like i didn't mind uh, like i'm i'm very forgiving of uh of uh, someone's choice to do certain and certain things in the narrative uh i, th- I feel like <laughs> if they if they're choosing to do that by uh and sticking to it and not just for sort of shock value i mm. think they've given you a reason like the last of us two they 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 make you play through as uh one of the the core characters um but they also make you play through as a person who was affected by decisions that the main character made in the first game um, and it gives you their perspective uh, and I think that's important because it's the last of the, the last of us is the last of the people and it's not just the two people you played as in the first game it is this whole other bunch of people that are affected by even the the player action uh, and I think that was interesting enough to to carry it I can see why people didn't like it because they'd grown attached to certain characters in the first one uh, <laughs> and they got brained in the second one um, but I, I still, I was very shocked and I was stunned and I was grieving for that character but I was also like well he did fucking shoot a whole bunch of people, there's going to be some people that are pissed off about it um, but I, I, I liked that, I liked that different perspective that it gave, I do yeah. worry for the character like they've cast that Caitlin Dever actress to play that character and yes. the thing, and I think we need to protect her at all costs because there's many people that hate that. Like people yeah. hate that character. They sent death threats to the voice actress. Um, uh, so so uh, yeah, uh, like they, wow. they've there's there's some core parts of uh, game lovers that that are not representative of the wider gaming community i'll say um <laughs> but they are are often the loudest um and that that's uh, sort of it puts some people in danger um uh, and i think uh, we need to protect our interests uh, from um, them it's quite a bold choice taking that role like she's brave man <laughs> she is brave um especially with all the backlash for it she might have yep. like i would i would want hazard pay for that um to be honest um <laughs> 
But yeah, my list, Witcher 3, Last of Us, Celeste, Yakuza, Kiwami, and Super Mario Odyssey. So there we have it. 15, oh, 16 games. Um, Thanks, Aaron. You chipped in. Before we go, uh, I want to also talk about uh, like there, there were some suggestions from our listeners. Um, we had <laughs> Spider-Man, great game, like Fantastic. brilliant game on the PS4. Um, Smash Bros. As a fighting game lover, I'm so mm-hmm. happy to see Smash Bros. on there. Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2, another great narrative-driven story game. I think people should play that no matter what they're playing on. Uh, and SingStar, somebody recommended SingStar. <laughs> Uh, I bet that was David's own own input, probably. I bet, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Batman Arkham City. The Batman games were great. Those Arkham games were so, so good. Yeah, yeah I, I almost put really them on my list. Uh, yeah. Um, can anybody? Can any of you tell me, like, if you were looking at twenty? Uh, obviously, you you guys know I sent you the itinerary, but the uh, best-selling games of twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Uh, of the decade what's your like what's your idea what would be the top 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 one uh if you were to get hazard a guess obviously spoilers you both know it's gta i actually 5. don't know like if you were to look at the top 10 here three of them uh are minecraft red dead redemption 2 and gta 5 right in the top 10 of the decade the rest are iterations of call of duty (laughs) so (laughs) there's black ops black ops 2 modern warfare 3 black ops 3 ghosts modern uh, world war 2 black ops 4 (laughs) Uh, and then even in the top 20 there's still loads more call of duty so call of duty is massive when it comes to sales and revenue That Activision Blizzard deal does also suggest that it's going to continue being uh, a huge yeah. uh, sales and revenue. Uh, and in terms of the best rated, uh, I didn't want to troll through all Metacritics. Um, I will just look at Jeff Keighley's uh, marquee show Game of the Year, um, uh, at the Game Awards, which he's trying to turn into a huge... Um, game celebration on par with the Oscars but it's slowly degenerating into a, a massive ad campaign for other games um, but over the decade that started in 2014 uh, and it gave it to Dragon Age Inquisition 2015 was The Witcher 3 2016 was Overwatch, hooray nice. um, 2017 Zelda Breath of the Wild which none of us re- uh, said but is still a, a great game Fair enough I worked in a, I worked in Curry's for two weeks, uh, and when I was there, that was like the game that sold the most. Like, yeah, people were in there obsessed. obsessed I got that with my Switch as well. That and Super Mario Odyssey, so they came came hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty eighteen was God of War, and twenty nineteen was Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, which is a from software game and 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 same vein of like Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Um, None of us mentioned any of those. That's quite surprising. I, I, I feel like I'm always been told to play a Soulsborne game. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's your decade. We have uh, we ha- have our first video game based podcast in the books as well. So thank you very much for for joining us, uh, Aaron. Uh, any last words uh, before we go? 
I've got a question actually. Is, is Pokemon Go listed anywhere on any of these lists? It's not, but that's a big one actually because at that time when Pokemon Go just like, like exploded <laughs> in 2016, I think. Even people were playing I, I was surprised. versions of that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be somewhere in one of the lists, somewhere like uh, maybe like a top seller. I don't know. Is it is it sold? Like, is it would that be in like a top it, selling list? It might it? be in terms of revenue. I think a lot of people, like some people, play, pay part of the microtransaction element of it. I've just yeah. got a natural bias against mobile games, unfortunately. Um, so I, <laughs> I never, I never looked for it. <laughs> um, but maybe we can look into that uh, in the future. Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, and and in typical typical fashion, we have unfortunately ran out of time. Um, <laughs> just quickly so before I before I start like negatively talking about uh, mobile games. Um, <laughs> anything else to add before we head off, guys? Anything to plug? Actually, do you have anything going on that you want that you want eyes on? Oh, no, nothing, mate. <laughs> nothing. Just let you survive. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Shout well, out to. Your, your, your podcast been fun yeah uh, thanks for joining us thanks for filling in for Nikki again Nikki hope you're feeling better uh, soon get you on something uh, sooner rather than later um, but yeah thanks for joining us everybody and play more games <laughs> see you later see you later